0: And welcome to another podcast, at Learning Without Scars. Today, we're joined by Caroline Slee and we're going to have a discussion on another lessons learned in teaching. Today, we're tackling a subject that's a little bit more challenging relative to the fact is how does learning impact your life? Caroline, as you know, is a teacher in California with a Master's of Education, so she's got much more theoretical as well as practical knowledge on teaching and learning than I do. So it's going to be an interesting discussion. Caroline, welcome aboard. Glad to have you with us again.
1: Glad to be here again.
0: So how do you transfer, how do you understand the students that you have in the classroom every day how do you understand that they view learning and how it impacts their lives
1: in middle school the school the process of learning isn't really the focus of course they get to go to this place every day with their friends and that is the major currency for middle school students and i would say For elementary school as well, the social value, and it's not what they consider learning, takes precedence in their mind. High school, they start to look at it a little differently in most cases. They look at school as a place to learn, to build the foundation for what they want to do with the rest of their lives. But mostly at a middle school level, learning If you ask the students what it means, the answers I've received in the past have been not getting bad grades, not getting in trouble, because lunch detention is a terrible, terrible thing when you're social, and also making sure I'm ready for high school so my family's not disappointed. This is how students at a younger age are conceptualizing the learning. What I have observed, the social-emotional impacts of learning, the things the students don't notice. I teach an intervention class. Intervention class is especially important, well, in my opinion, always. But this year, after the long gap with Zoom learning and working in an area where the infrastructure, the internet connectivity is not consistent, there are gaps there are things that have to be made up for or caught up on based on being online for a year and a half. And with the intervention class, I have noticed that the data and the emotional development of the students go hand in hand. My students who really struggle and I'm an English teacher. So the students who really struggle with reading with verbal communication, with writing, also tend to be my students who get in the most fistfights. And it boils down to a very simple thing, frustration. When you do not have the tools to effectively communicate what you see, what you feel, what you think, your frustration level boils over. And I would argue that learning as an adult is no different when you are at work learning a new method learning a new program learning new software happens to teachers all the time we adopt something new a new curriculum and you see the teachers going through all the stages of frustration on the way to getting the full training and academic support they need to learn a new system that translates to everything It translates to the heavy equipment dealership. You're bringing in a new dealer business system on the computer, bringing it online. We resist. What's wrong with what we're already using? We like what we already have. We understand what we already have. Now we have to learn something new. It's threatening. It's stressful. It's frustrating. And then all of a sudden, actualization. Life does become easier. Things do work a little bit better. But when we're in the thick of it, whether we're adults or whether we're teenagers, we don't necessarily see that outcome.
0: So the learning at school, they go to school for socialization to be around their friends as the primary. Their secondary is not wanting to discourage, disappoint their parents um, on their, their ability. And at work, it's very much the same thing. People go to work and they spend more time with their co-workers at work than they do with their families. And they're not really asked, at least up till now, they have not been asked to have continuous learning. And we're, we're kind of at a pivot point, I think. Ed Gordon talks about it in his book, uh, Future Jobs, but he, he did a series for us on our, on our blogs called future shock. And his his comment, we are having lunch a couple of weeks ago, and, and he, he said that by 2030, so I'll give him a pass and call it 2040. He said by 2030, 50% of the workforce in the United States will not have the skills to perform the jobs that are necessary in the economy then. Of course, he's talking about technology, he's talking about changes In businesses. And if you look at the last 21 months, working from home, like virtual learning, Zoom learning for students, where in the education results that we're seeing now, has really hurt the student. Their learning results, their absorption, their retention is down by more than 50%, and it becomes really significant socioeconomic regions. If you look at business, a lot of employees working from home was a challenge to their employers. I don't see you working. I don't know that you're doing a job. What's going on here? As a teacher, you were originally asked to go to the school to do virtual learning as if you were a child that I had to have you come back to the workplace so I can see that you're actually working. How ludicrous is that? And then we now get to a place and you talked about, here comes a new business system. And we have a series of things called paper to glass where the business systems have really failed us. All I've done is they've taken a piece of paper that I used to write on that had four to six copies. And now I've gone to a keyboard and I typed the same data into a screen that looks exactly like that piece of paper. It's what we call paper to glass. Alex Shushler coined that that phrase from his time at Smart Equip, which is now a a company owned by Ritchie Brothers. That that transition, that learning circumstance, in fact, has not happened. So consider an employee who goes to work at 8 o'clock in the morning and leaves work at 5 o'clock at night, has a 30-minute lunch, a 15-minute break in the morning and the afternoon, and does the same thing every hour of every day for every week, for every month, for every year of his life or her life. How motivating is that? How do you keep yourself excited? What's the opportunity? What are you looking forward to? Five o'clock so I can get out of here. And don't get by the door because you're going to get run over. It's, it's really... How how we transition, how we get the American, in fact, everybody in the world is going through this, to recognize that change is part of our lives. It's going to accelerate, not slow down. It's not going to end. And you're going to need to continually learn in order to stay where you are, if not get ahead. That's a, that's a key in somebody's head that I don't know how to, to access. To get them to understand they have to continually learn or they're going to be left behind.
1: But there's another component to it that comes from the management side, the supervision side. And it's something that K 12 public school teachers have been thrown into, going to say head first. (laughs) And that is the fact that if you know the outcome is here, At this point, that a student or an employee needs to be able to do this task. You also need to recognize that where they begin and the steps they take to successfully achieve that task, to successfully wrench the tires onto the car, I believe, in the assembly line was the example. That might look different from you to me. I might have a way I've adapted to do something because guess what? I'm half your size. So physically it's harder for me. I might have a way that I approach a task or a process because my mind works differently and organizes sees layouts a different way. It's like the, I cannot remember the movie to save my life, but I've heard it so many times in a school environment. Why did you flunk this math test? Because I didn't show my work. Why didn't you show your work? Because I did it in my head. Okay. Why does the teacher say that's a failure then? Because the teacher can't do it in their head.
0: Interesting statement.
1: A student or, or an employee taking a specific method to achieve the goal. I mean, that's critical. The goal, the task has to be successfully completed but why does it have to be done identically, person to person to person to person, always? And in school now, on the theory side, as teachers, at least here in California, we're not really allowed to do it that way anymore.
0: Interesting, Hear isn't it?
1: All the tools you have in front of you, here, all the methods you can employ. How are you going to design? your process to achieve this goal and they come up with much better things than my 45 year old brain comes up with
0: well the 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 capacity to learn the pool of understanding and knowledge changes with every generation the 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 thing that's going to be really mind altering is transitions so that at some point in time you are you as an individual in your job function you are blocking the natural progression for somebody to take your job there should be a beginning and an end to a job function for the actualization of potential the maximization of the learning on a particular job function. So if I start on the assembly line and all I'm gonna do is put lug nuts onto a car to mount a wheel, am I gonna do that for the next 50 years? Well, in the old days, that's what you did. So as an example, when I came out of the workforce, out into the workforce in 1968, I had people telling me, take your time finding a job, Ron, because you're going to be there for the rest of your life. That was true up till the baby boomers. And then horror for the world, people started changing jobs quickly, particularly with the world data processing, computers in those days, not information technology. You learned, you got good, and you went somewhere else because you had another challenge. Because there was a change, the power shifted from the employer to the employee, and that shift has continued to the point that South American countries, some companies have management take a year off every five years. Just go away. You have a sabbatical. You're fully paid. But you have to go to school. You have to learn something. It doesn't matter if it's applied to the job. You just have to learn something. And I've always wondered about that. The the first company that I worked with, we had teams of people go to different parts of the world for a couple of weeks and, and look at different companies seeking out best practices and then bringing them back. Our owner was very enlightened for the time. This is the 1960s. There weren't many people that were doing that kind of thing. 20 groups came up after that where you shared that within your industry. But getting individuals to recognize that their job isn't just performing their job, but their job is continuing to learn, I don't think we have that message across to people yet.
1: No. No. Oftentimes, We still believe learning is that thing you do in the school buildings. And then you move into the real world. Which I have a tendency to call the grown-up world. The okay, you're not spending all day in a classroom. You are now putting it all into practice. What do you want to change? What do you want to do next? The learning doesn't stop. And if it does... I don't know. I mean, I tend to believe that the the moment we stop learning in some way, shape, or form, well, we're we're at the end. You know, the I've I've done it all. My time is near, and I'm going to just bask.
0: In fact, st- statistics and surveys today are showing that people leave their current employment because of lack of engagement, because lack of a future. And we're seeing the last two or three months, at least in North America, we're seeing job, um, people leaving jobs at rates that have never been seen before, much, much higher than ever before. Now to some degree it's because it was stopped for 21 or 22 months with the pandemic, people kept their head down and kept their jobs so that they were able to survive. But now that that period is over, I'm out of here. You guys have treated me badly. You, you, or I'm not learning anymore. Where am I going to go? I better go somewhere else so that I have an opportunity for an advancement. Um, and and it's, it's, really, it's really critical. Learning is a lifelong event. Learning has to become part of our thinking as individuals, as people. Learning has to become a major element in how we look at our lives and it has never been as prominent a need in our history as a planet as it is now. Learning is the tool that will allow you to achieve your potential, which we've talked about at Learning Without Scars, but and, and it's also why we provide all those tools and resources, why we have blogs that are provoking people to think, why we have podcasts to get people to think about different things. Our newsletters do the same thing. Our audio learning tracks, the suggested reading. Everything that we do is aimed at stimulating you as individuals to learn. I think that's what our purpose is in Learning Without Scars. That's what our goal is. You got anything more on the learning that you would like to add before we close this one off?
1: A key element that I think a lot of us overlook. We need to learn how we learn. The meta level of learning. Because if we have learned anything in the past 21 months, Some students have not come back to the traditional classroom. Some students have discovered, oh, my gosh, I am much better as an independent worker. And schools have adapted to that. There are programs for independent studies, which used to be programs for those students who were getting expelled for behavior issues, by the way. But now it's suddenly, uh, oh, and what about those employees who have discovered, wait a minute. Every single thing I've been doing in my office every day of the week, Monday through Friday, rain or shine, I was capable of doing from my home the entire time. So I think learning how we learn, learning how we do is going to be a huge component moving forward. Because if I can do the exact same thing right here, no commute time, no interruption time. Why isn't that the effective way to do it then?
0: And the challenge there, I agree with you 100%. We need to learn how we learn. We need to understand how we learn. But we've also got a generational thing. A lot of the leadership today doesn't want you working from home. That's no good. I can't see you working. They're going to have to learn that there are sub-job functions that are done better from home than they are in the office. And that's going to change, think about that infrastructure change, all those strip malls, all of those office buildings, all of that empty space. What the heck are we going to do with all of that? And, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's going to be very interesting. Learning is a lifelong experience. It's a lifelong journey and we need to get good at it. Let's, let's close that this Lessons Learned discussion there, and move on to another one at a later date. So thank you, Caroline, for participating and contributing, and thank you all for listening to this Lessons Learned podcast. We look forward to having you with us again in the near future. Mahalo. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your support. Should you have any thoughts or comments, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.learningwithoutscars.com The time is now. Mahalo.